Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we reviewed the testimony related to the collection of electronic records regarding the case. In this installment, we review the testimony of one of the defendant's cousins, a law enforcement officer who also built guns for him. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It is mid-afternoon on Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, the fifth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Judge Clifton Newman invites the state to call their next witness, and prosecutor Creighton Waters calls John Bedingfield to the stand. Bedingfield is a stocky man. He sports short, dark hair and wears a dark gray suit, a powder blue dress shirt, and a yellow tie, and puts on reading glasses when he reviews documents. Waters begins by asking the witness some biographical questions. All right, uh, tell us where you live. Barnwell. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You go up there or? Grew up there, born and raised in Barnwell. Um, worked there my entire career, uh, 28 years with the Department of Natural Resources. Okay. Still and live in Barnwell. Where do you work now? I'm the Region 3 captain, which is the Midlands region, Lake Murray, Lake Marion. Okay. And is that a law enforcement position? Yes, sir, it is. Are you a Class 1 officer? I am. And you said you've been with DNR how long? 28 years. Has that been the extent of your law enforcement career? Yes, sir. Are you still employed there? Yes, sir. Uh, do you have any uh, other businesses or any other economic stuff you're associated with? I do. Back in 2016, uh, I got a federal firearms license to, to sell and manufacture firearms. And tell, tell me how you got into that. What led you to develop that? Is that like a side business? Side business or just a passion I had of working on guns and building guns, decided to turn it into business. All right, and you mentioned a uh, federal firearms license. Is that what people know as an FFL? Yes, sir. All right, just tell me very quickly what it takes, what, what does it mean to have an FFL? It means you can transfer firearms to individuals. You do a background check upon that sale or transfer. If you're engaged in sort of the commercial sale of firearms or as a business, do you need an FFL to do that? Yes, sir. All right, and that's different from private sales back and forth. Is correct. that correct? And with an FFL, does it come with an obligation to keep certain paperwork uh, that uh, with regard to the uh, firearms that you're involved in selling? Yes, sir, it does. And explain to me some of the paperwork that you have to get and some of the paperwork you have to keep uh, when you're selling firearms with an FFL. When a firearm comes in to me, it, it, it gets logged into a log. Upon its sale or transfer out, it gets logged out with, a, with the uh, 4473 background check. All right, and tell me what the 4473 is, please. Uh, it's person's personal information, gun information, it gets called into the ATF and it gets approved or disapproved for transfer to that individual. 
Is that like a federal form? Is there instant background check? Yes, sir. Like every federal form has got a number on it. Yeah. And that's what was 4473. 4473. Is that the one we have to check the form saying I'm not a drug user and I'm not a part of a terrorist organization? And all yes, that sir. Stuff? But you have to ensure that those are filled out with people that you have formed. Yes, sir. Self arms, too. Is that right? <clears throat> yes, sir. What type of firearms are you, are you selling? I mean, do you, are you manufacturing from scratch, or how do, how do you do that? Early on, I did. Um, wasn't lucrative enough, so I, I was just buying and selling. Right. Um, so I would I would buy a gun, configure it, or, or buy parts, configure it as an individual wanted, provide it to them. Okay. And so where, where would you buy parts from? Well, what's a big source of parts? I've had numerous, but primarily Palmetto State Armory for, for AR-15 parts, but I've used... 20 or 30 other vendors throughout the course of me having a license. When people think about an AR-15 style weapon, can that just fire like one caliber of bullet or can multiple uh, calibers of bullets be configured with an AR-15 style weapon? As long as they're compatible with the, the magazine system and the, the, the bolt carrier, many different calibers can be configured. Like what? What's the most common AR-15 calibers? 223, 556, which are more or less interchangeable, um, 300 blackout, 65 uh, Grendel, all right, and the most common one you said was two, two, three, and five, five, six. Yes, sir. And then three hundred blackout is one you mentioned. Yes, sir. Uh, let me ask you this: Are you at all related to the defendant, Alec Murdoch? I am. All right, and what's the relation? Our grandmothers were sisters. We're grown up with the Murdochs as cousins. All right, so you've known him your entire life for a yes. long time. At any point in time, did the defendant, Alec Murdoch, approach you about perhaps assembling or making some firearms for him? He did. All right, and you remember roughly when that was? Would have been around Christmas of sixteen. Okay, and what, what was your conversation with the defendant over there about what he wanted, what he wanted you to put together? He was looking for a, a couple of guns for the boys to hunt pigs with. Did y'all have a discussion about what type of gun, what caliber, and that sort of thing? We did. I kind of steered him towards the 300 blackout just because of its effectiveness on, on hogs versus a 223 or 556. Five, All right, and just very quickly, between a blackout and a 223 or 556, why uh, did you suggest a blackout as a more effective round than those? Larger caliber, larger diameter bullet, a little more knockdown power for pigs. A 223 at that time, there weren't many larger or heavier grain bullets uh, that were effective. So you suggested the blackout. Uh, did he agree to that? He did. And again, he, he wanted these for the boys to hunt pigs. That's right. Or hogs. All right. Was uh, there a particular holiday coming up that he wanted them for? It would have been Christmas of, of that 16 Christmas. 2016. Did you ultimately assemble some firearms for him? I did. All right. And tell us, describe those firearms for us, how they were configured, what was on them. Give us some detail about them, please. Initial conversation and part of why the 300 Blackout was chosen was its ability to, to shoot subsonic ammo, and we had talked about possibly some suppressors for the same guns. Let me slow you down real quick. Tell the jury what a suppressor is. Uh, a silencer or a, a sound suppression device right. for a firearm. So a subsonic round, you have to have a subsonic round for the suppressor to work. Is that efficient? It makes it most efficient. All right, keep going if you would, please. That, that was kind of where, where I steered that way, but I, it was a pair of Palmetto State Armory lowers that I built some 300 blackout uppers for, and one was configured in all black, as he requested, and the other was Cerakoted, a, uh, which is a paint finish, a ceramic paint finish, uh, in a tan. Okay. And when you say Cerakote, is that a service or, or a, that you're providing? It does. It is, yes. Right, and just very quickly, tell the jury what you mean by that. What is Cerakoting? It's, it's a refinishing. It's a paint job on a firearm. A lot of items can be Cerakoted, plastic, wood, whatever. But the, uh, the you, you blast the finish, original finish, degrease it, put a two-part finish on, and bake it on. It's a coloring. So the black one you don't have to treat. Like, Correct. But the tan one you had to Cerakote. Yes, sir. 
Did the defendant request any sort of optics or scope on these guns? Did. We put a pair of ATN thermal scopes on the rifles. And what specifically, why are the thermal scopes good for hunting hogs, or why were they put on there? Hog hunting in South Carolina is legal to hunt at night with the proper permitting, and it allows you to night hunt the pigs. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Prosecutor Creighton Waters continues his direct examination of John Bedingfield by presenting him with a photograph of two firearms. All right, Mr. Bedingfield, I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit 302 for identification at this time and see if you recognize that image right there. I do. All right, and tell me what that is. Those are the two. Uh, 300 blackout rifles I sold out. All right, those are the two, the exact two in Christmas. Is that correct? Yes. Christmas of 2016? The, the original two, yes, sir. Your Honor, this time I would move uh, stakes 302 on the evidence, please. Okay. All right, can you see that on your screen there? Yes, sir. Just real quick, if we look down at the end of the barrel on these, what are those things right there? Those would be the suppressors. Tell me about this image. How, how do you recognize this image? What, what was going on when this image was that taken? That was the day I, I, I took the guns to Alec. You know, that's how I presented them to him. Um, again, with the suppressors are still in my possession. Uh, he, we never did the paperwork on the suppressors. And let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Where did you take those guns to him, do you recall? His office. And they're in some sort of case. Do you recall that case? Yes, sir. That's my hard case. All right. So you brought them in that case? Yes, sir. Did you leave the case with him or did you take that back with you? I have the case. Okay. Now, you mentioned that we see the suppressors on are on there. Did you ever deliver those suppressors to Alec Murdoch? I did not. All right. Now, explain that to the jury. Why were you unable to do that? To possess an NFA item, a National Firearms Act restricted item where the federal government restricted the possession of short-barreled rifles, machine guns, suppressors, and short-barreled shotguns you have to apply for a tax stamp through the federal government. It's a, it's a background check system that uh, allows for the possession once you pass the background check. And Alec completed that additional paperwork? No, we, we never completed it. Is that for the suppressor, is that additional paperwork in addition to what it takes to normally yes. get the rifle? Yes. Okay. What was y'all's discussion, if any, about uh, that paperwork and completing it and all the rest of it? We had some random discussions. About, I, I, Egg him from time to time, hey man, let's, let's get the paperwork going. And he was going to put them in a trust, um, which is an entity which would own the fire, own the items. Um, and we just, we never got it all put together. Because of the special legality about suppressors, is it common for people to set up a trust, a legal trust that actually owns those suppressors? Yes, yes it is. And that was the paperwork that needed to be completed? That and the application side of it, but that was the biggest portion. 
He was like, I'm going to get back to you. I'll do it. And just never did. Did he pay for those suppressors? He did. All right. He just never received them. Correct. Where are those suppressors to this day? They're in my inventory at my business. At some point in time, uh, did you ever have another conversation with Alec about making another blackout? I did. And when roughly was that? Do you recall? It would have been around April of 2018. April of 2018. All right. And what did Alec tell you? What was your conversation with him about making a third blackout? Uh, that Paul had lost or misplaced his rifle and he wanted to replace it. And uh, did this, did you ultimately make him a third blackout? I did. Did this particular rifle, did you put any optic on? I did not. Did Alex say, don't put an optic on it because he already lost the other one? Yes. Those optics are fairly expensive? They can be, yes, sir. All right. And roughly how much were the, the thermal optics that we see on this particular picture that's on the screen the exhibit that I previously had him in? Fifteen to $1,800 each. All right. So the third one did not have an optic on it. Correct. And did you ultimately provide that weapon? I did. All right. Well, tell me how you provided that. Did Alec pick it up or did somebody else pick it up? He did not. I, when, when I let him know it was ready, he said he was unavailable and Maggie would come pick it up. Okay. Is that what happened? It is. All right. And so tell me about that. Tell me, tell me about your interaction with Maggie when she picked that weapon up. She came to town. We met, did some paperwork, and handed me a check and drove back to Hampton. And you gave the weapon? Yes, sir. Weapon. Yep. She would have completed the 4473 with me. All right. So you made three blackouts, excluding the optic, roughly in the same configuration. Uh, Maggie picked up that third. Correct? Yes, sir. Waters shows the witness several documents. Tell me what those are. The first would be the original check from Ellick for the first two firearms, cancel check to me. Second would have been the third from Maggie, cancel check to me. Third and fourth page would be the firearm log. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but that's part of the firearm log, is yes. that correct? Yes, Waters then has Bettingfield officially identify another set of documents. Tell me what that is. It is the original 4473 from the first two firearms to Ellick. After Judge Newman admits those documents into evidence without objection, Waters begins to ask the witness about them. All right, this is uh, State's Exhibit 247, and we're looking now at the first page. Uh, describe to the jury what that is, please. That is the canceled check from Ellie for the original two firearms. For the original two? Yes, sir. And what's the price on that, please? I can bring it to you. Yeah. I got it. $9,188. All right, and what's the date on that, please? 12-23-16. And this, is this a record that you kept in accordance with your FFL obligations? The check, no, sir. It, it, we retrieved that from my bank. Go to the second page of this exhibit. Um, you recognize that. Tell me what that is, please. That is the, the check for the third replacement 300 blackout to Maggie Murdoch. That's the check she wrote to me. All right. And what's the amount on that one? $875. All right. So the first one for two of them was $9,188, correct? Yes, sir. And the second one is only 875 is that right? Yes, sir. And it's the difference between those that the second one didn't have the optic and didn't have the suppressor. Is that part of the difference? Yes, sir. Before we get to the rest of that exhibit, let me uh, go to 245, and I'm going to uh, show you this. This is what now? That is the 4473 for the first two 300 blackouts. All right. Uh, we see down here in little letters that says Form 4473. Is that right? Yes, sir. And these are all the questions that you have to answer to buy a firearm? Correct. Whose name do we have on this? Richard Alexander Murdoch. And then right here, what are these What are these two things right there? That would be the serial numbers from each of the firearms. And let me ask you this real quick. With an AR-style platform, is every part of it serialized, have a serial number, or if not, what parts are? Only the lower receiver is serialized. Right. Finally, down here, what do we have right there? The date. All right, what's the date on that? January 10th, 2017. 
After these murders happened, did you ever get a call from SLED agent Jeff Croft? I did. Is that somebody you knew prior to this? Yes. Known him from growing up in Barnwell or living in Barnwell? Through, through my law enforcement career, him at the county and our kids were in school together. Did you have a conversation with Jeff Croft? Yes. Uh, did Jeff Croft ask you to provide him anything? He did. And what did he ask you to provide him? The paperwork you've just submitted, the 4473 and the canceled checks. When you initially responded, did you send him the paperwork for all three blackouts that you made for the defendant? Or not just not the initially, I don't think so. I don't recall exactly. So, just the first just two? The first two, yes. Sir. All right. Did you have a subsequent conversation with him some point later in time? Yes. And what was the nature of that conversation? That there was a third, and, and through an audit, um, I was able to backtrack and, and provide what I did on the third. All right. So there was an inquiry made as to where there, there was a third one, and you said, yes, there was a third. Correct. Do you have all your paperwork for that third? No, sir. The 4473 is unaccounted for. So you went back looking and you couldn't find it? Correct. All right. How did, did you make any efforts, though, to determine which one that gun must have been? Well, based on the cancel check, the date of it, and the, the only uh, missing exit from my log, it would have been 111, I believe. Is that All right. I'm going to take you back. Exhibit 247, and have you look at the last two pages of that exhibit and uh, explain to me what you're talking about. So each firearm that comes in is numbered and described. It's a receipt and disposition form. And what was different about 111? It was blank. So did you do some process of elimination here? I did. I did. You looked at the date of that check in April of 2018 for the third blackout? Correct. Yes, sir. And looked in your log, and this was the one that didn't have any other information? Only one of the of many years that... that it could have even been. I'm going to put this up on the screen. And is this 111 right there that you're talking about? Yes, sir. And then we go over to the second page. And if they were laying next to each other, it's like a logbook. Correct. And if these pages were laying, laying next to each other, this was the blank one, correct? Yes, sir. After you uh, received that second communication with Jeff Croft, did you provide him that log paperwork that we just looked at? Yes, sir. Have you amended your uh, federal firearms uh, license forms to reflect that now? Yes. Yes, it was just a missing form. I, I, I reflected it that it was a sold to Maggie Murdoch on 414 2018. How many blackouts, AR style rifles, did you make for Alec Murdoch? Three. And when was that last one made? 2018. April? April 2018. Thank you, Mr. Benfield. Answer any questions the defense may have, please. Judge Newman invites Jim Griffin to cross examine the witness. Good afternoon, Mr. Benningfield. My name is Jim Griffin. I represent Alec Murdoch. Mr. Benningfield, the. Uh, these were the two 300 blackouts that were sold to Alec for Christmas in 2016, is that correct? Yes, sir. And one was black and one was tan, right? Correct. And do um, you know which which gun went to which son? I, I don't recall. All right. And build a replacement 300 blackout sometime, I believe you said, in 2018? Is that yes, right? sir. And was that a tan one or a black one? That It would have been black. The third one was black? Yes, sir. So if tan one was lost in this, then Mr. Murdoch would have had, or his boys would have had, two black, 300 blackouts. Yes, sir, I assume so. After 2018. Now, the original price was $9,188 for the, for the two firearms that they, Buster and Paul got for Christmas in 2016, correct? Yes, sir. And that, that included the cost of the basic weapon, the AR, modified AR to 300 blackout, correct? Yes, sir. And then it included the cost of the thermal night scope. Yes, sir. And you said that's about $1,500 each? 
I'm, I'm guessing at that, but yes, sir. Okay. And then the so that's like three thousand before two ballparking, and then the suppressors. How, how much are the suppressors? They typically, I don't remember on those, but they around a thousand a piece. So that's another thousand. So Mr. Murdoch never took possession of the suppressors because required some trust or some more paperwork. More paperwork. And the um, but now the replacement that was purchased in 2018 was only $875. Did you build a replacement? Yes, sir. Did the price go down in, in 2018? Well, the, the the lack of accessories and the Cerakoting was included in that as well. Slings on this rifle, on the, the ones we're looking at here, uh, were included in the first one. Was the replacement 2018 just stripped down model as basic as you could buy? Pretty much, yes, sir. Free, same, similar configuration. As far as I remember, it was a free-floated 16-inch. 300 blackout. And and you assembled the ones in 2016 and the one in 2018. Is that yes, right? sir. And and did you get the component parts from Palmetto State Armory? I'm not sure exactly where they would have come from. The lower receiver would have been, yes, sir. But the, the upper components, I would source those out from different vendors. I'm not sure where they would have come from. Well, let, let me ask you about the, uh, I guess, the ejector. Do you know what that is? Ejector? Yes, sir. Um, and is that... Upper portion, lower portion? Upper. Well, do you put the ejectors in separately, or does that come? In a bolt carrier group. They, they would be already pre-assembled in a bolt carrier group. Okay. And and do you know where you bought the ejectors for the 2016? No, sir. you know where you bought the ejectors for the 2018? No, sir. Do you, do you keep ejectors in stock? I, I wouldn't. No, sir. That They would typically be already pre-assembled in the bolt carrier groups on AR-15 style guns. Right. But, but do you buy... In bulk, the pre-assembled. No, sir. As I as someone requests something, I'll source it out, see where I can find it, and build it. Order parts to put together. Can can um, are three hundred blackouts sold without having to have someone like yourself build it? Yes. Okay. And who carries three hundred blackout? If I wanted to leave here, go buy one this afternoon. The most common in the state of South Carolina is Palmetto State Armory. So, so they assembled. That's where I was, I was a dealer for them, and and I was buying parts for them on, on a lot of builds as well. And, and how long have you been selling or building 300 blackouts? So I've been in the business since 2016, so yeah, there's a lot of other guns I've built as well. And this list that that you had, Exhibit 247, are all those 300 blackouts or just various? Various. 45 caliber nine millimeter multi for the lower 410 shotguns. 243 rifles. And, and you said these are used, and uh, that you recommended that these 300 blackouts be used for hog hunting? Yes, sir. And does that mean in this part of the state, or are wild hogs kind of a nuisance to game management, property management? A severe nuisance, yes, sir. And explain that, please, sir. They do a tremendous amount of damage to property and crops in this part of the state. How so? Uh, they, they root, as pigs do, they, they root up crops and woodlands and yards. They'll, they will... They're very destructive. And is that a, a common problem throughout the low country? Yes, sir. And have you recommended a number of, uh, to a number of the customers to 300 blackout to, to root out the, the nuisance yes, hogs? Yes, I have. Do you have any estimate how many 300 blackouts you, you've sold over the last four or five years? No, sir. I wouldn't. I've, I've a little over 600 firearm transfers. I, I wouldn't know. You think it's more than 100? I don't know. It's a lot, but I don't know how many. You, you mentioned that you and... Alec Murdoch are um, related? Is that yes, sir. Um, how are you related? Our grandmothers were sisters. And does that make, and, and you're? I'll call us second cousins. We're cousins. 
Your, your fathers were first cousins, right? Correct. And you spend, over the years, you spend time with Alec and the boys? I have. Not, you, not a lot with Alec, mostly with John Marvin. And you go camping, Alec and the boys? At, um, that, it, I think they had a big dad used to host a big camp every year? I have. And you been fishing with them? Not much. Been hunting with them? No, sir, not Alec. Okay. I have a John. Um, you, you've known Alec for quite some time? My entire life. A gift of some eight thousand dollars is a pretty nice gift for two boys right yes sir uh do you ever observe alec around the sons what kind of relationship they have i have and how would you describe their relationship it was always good i mean he would, when he called me he was excited about getting these for his boys and it was a big christmas for them I yes sir. is it um less expensive to buy a 300 blackout directly from palmetto state armory rather than have you build one it can be depending on configuration and all the any accessories that get added and Okay. All right. That's all the questions I have here. Judge Newman offers Creighton Waters an opportunity to follow up with the witness. You mentioned that one of the services that you provide is the seraconing on the tin one. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And that's kind of a painting process, painting and then bake it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And if someone has a gun and is it just tan you seracoded or can you, are there multiple colors you could potentially multiple seracoded? Multiple colors. Multiple colors. So if you want to customize your firearm, you can take it to somebody and get them to Cerakote. Yes, sir. And I can have a gun I've owned for 10 years, and I decide that I want to get it uh, Cerakoted, and I can take it to somebody who can put it in the color that I desire. Yes, sir. It doesn't have to happen right at the beginning. No. All right. And looking uh, at right here on uh, third page of State's uh, Exhibit 247, we have uh, right here multiple calibers of gauge. Is that correct? We have caliber of gauge listed. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And we have a number of different ones right here. That's 45. Yes, sir. Is that 45 ACP? Uh, Colt 9, yes, sir. All right. Uh, 9, is that 9 millimeter? Yes, sir. All right. And then we have, uh, what does that say right there? Multi? multi. Yes, sir. And what does that mean? The lower receivers are stamped multi-caliber when they're sold as, as bare receivers. What caliber? Shotgun round? Yes, sir. All right. 243, that would be? A 243 uh, center fire rifle. All right. 223 right there? Yes, sir. And the 9 millimeter right there? Yes, sir. All right. So you're, you're in the business of assembling... Multiple different calendar calibers, is that correct? Well, yes, but most of what is on this page are entire firearms that are that were shipped to me. Gotcha. Right, nothing further, uh, Your Honor. Thank you. With the defense indicating that they have no further questions for the witness, John Bedingfield is excused from the stand, and we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we look at the testimony of a SLED digital device expert who examined the victim's cell phones. Also, check out the Crime Story Podcast Night Raid wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. 
Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.